Hey, fan bros, this is Space Ghost producer Kim Sonian, and on this week's special delivery, we run down the latest episodes of AMC's The Walking Dead and my favorite show, HBO's True Detective. And oh, by the way, spoiler alert. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy DJ Ben Hameen in the place to be alongside my co-host for the evening. Super Ghost producer Kim Sonian. That was a nice little super ghost producer, almost as good as my robot voice, but not close, Kim Sonian. How you doing tonight, sir? Hey, man. I'm doing good, man. Let's wrap it up. Let's let's rapitate about this. Rapitate. I like that one. That might be a new word of the day along with statitude. Yes, rapitate. Sir. Well, this is Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Also, the premier podcast of geek culture presented by people of color. And this is our special delivery episode where we're going to talk about the hottest shows on TV right now. And by that, we mean The Walking Dead and True Detective tonight. Right, Kimsonian? That's Yeah, that's right. We're, we're, you know, there's a lot of stuff on TV. I know you guys, some fan bros out there on some Housewives, uh, yep. you know, some, some uh, what is it, Blood, Sweat, and Heels. Yeah, fan bros, I know you guys like your Sunday night programming to be real housewives and all that. But here on Special Delivery, we need actually real blood. We need real detective work. We need real TV that matters for your mind. I mean, I also love Shameless, like I say every week. You know, but I haven't got to watch this week's episode yet because I was up all night watching True Detective and Walking Dead. So uh, let me say, let me start off on Walking Dead. The name of the episode is inmates and we figure they're saying the name of the episode is inmates because they're catching up on everyone who was once an inmate at the prison and has now been scattered across the four corners of the earth like the uh fellowship in episode movie two but so you're you, you they're on some lord of the rings walking dead right now that's what you're saying yeah basically you know you got the hobbit group you got uh, the human group. You got the elves running around. You know, it's all scattered. Everybody's looking for the one ring, which is uh, Rick and Carl, I guess. But um, in this episode, we caught up with uh, Glenn. I guess that's a spoiler. Once again, I have to say, as always, if you haven't watched uh, the episodes True Detective and Walking Dead, yeah, you should stop. You shouldn't be listening to this. Yeah, yeah this you is... definitely should not be listening to a recap of episodes if you haven't listened to them, unless you really like the way me and Ben Hamin flow. You just want to hear our voices. That's fine. And which I, I mean, I fully believe. But otherwise, yeah, <laughs> no, you can't be listening to this right now. So um, we caught up with Lynn. We caught up with Maggie. We caught up with Carol's Kill Thrill Squad. Carol was reunited with the girls. Um, I have no idea what their names are. And Tyrese. In a real kind of one of those uh, bullshit moments on this show. Right. I thought that was kind of suspect because, like, out of nowhere she comes and then she just writes it off like, oh, I've been following you guys since you left the prison. But I don't know, I just managed to save these little girls from getting eaten by zombies. You know, like when the zombies are right up on them. 
Right. You know, I guess. But uh, you thought the episode was better than I did. So, uh, Actually, I yeah, I have to be honest, man. I thought um, they, you know, it opens with uh, Herschel's daughter's monologue, VO, and I thought that was really good and running in slow motion with Daryl and them getting a hang of, you know, surviving uh, on their own tracking and you know you you already you see like the positive the positive uh influence that Herschel had on people to have faith you know i think that's one thing that runs throughout the episode the underlying tone of the episode um is to keep believing that everybody's still alive you know even though the whole world is kind of collapsed um yeah so i thought the mood and tone of the episode overall was actually a little more interesting than uh some of the other stuff uh recently um, I'm not too sure about this format where we have to follow these little uh, pods of people and, you know, um, I, I don't know. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of iffy about that because then now it, we get into branching off into getting into these uh, tributary storylines where I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know if I really care that much about who they're going to meet up now and, you know, this kind of stuff. But we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I, I feel you there. I don't think this is going to last too long because, like, as much as the show has deviated from the comic book, the comic book is still, I mean, you know, there's still a lot of similarities and they don't, you know, stay, you know, all separate for that long. I mean, they'll eventually all get back together. In fact, I wanted that to be one of the questions for the audience this week. I've been thinking about that. I wanted to know uh, the percentage of fan bros out there who just watch the show and have never read the comic or who watch the show and read both the comic as well. So, you know, for all my fan bros out there, that's a question of the week. How many of y'all actually read the comic or how many of y'all got introduced to Walking Dead and just watch it off because of the show and have never read the comic at all? Well, I can come through and I say I kind of thumbed through the first issue of the comic, but I, I never really went deep into the comics, even though I have them. I, I've, I've really never sat down hard body and read the comics and like did the true comparison. So I'm actually just mainly a, a TV Walking Dead experience okay. um, kind of person. So I'm, I might be in that category that you're talking about. Yeah, well, I'm the other side of it and I've read both. So let's ask. I mean, I read both. I've read the comic and seen the show. So let's ask the fans out there that question. And also, that was a big moment for fans of the comic uh, the end of the episode tonight. See, uh, as someone who hasn't read the comic that much, the characters who roll up at the end of the episode might not mean that much to you. But for fans of the comic, uh, that was Abraham and I can't remember. Rosita, Rosalita is his, uh, the, the girl's name. And uh, is, is that he's No, not Ezekiel. Ezekiel has a tiger which is another big one later on. But um, I can't remember the last guy's name, but uh, Abraham is a very big character in the comics. So is Rosalita, and so is the last character. Oh, God, I can't remember his name. But all three very big characters in the comic and play a big role later on. And just also just great characters. Abraham was definitely one of my favorite characters in the comic. So it was great to see him on screen. Well, I, I think that's cool that you kind of dip in both. Um I kind of feel like I know that there are two different mediums, so I kind of like to keep my eyes more on not necessarily comparing both of them, but just looking at Walking Dead as a TV show. Because you can't yep. really, 
introduce the way you can in a comic book, you know, like tons of characters come in, come out, and all this stuff. When you do it in a TV show, it's a little different. So, I mean, might be on, on, on one level, it's, like, cool to see something that you're familiar with. But on the other level, I really, in a way, I'm kind of, like, not interested in the connections um, because I kind of want to see they're establishing this, this world in TV land, and I want to see how they work with that world. Um, but back to the episode, I thought what was one thing that was kind of interesting was um, besides this opening kind of tone to set, you know, this this weird, uh, I think, atmosphere of people being lost. And we're jumping around from these little, I guess, camps or little groups. Um, one thing that I thought was was really interesting was um, Glenn's uh, ability to kind of now that he's this. uh warrior or he has been this warrior now everything's been taken away from him you know he's still able to to troop on and he has that breakdown moment and then literally just gets the riot gear and then he kind of goes back into old macgyver glenn from like season one i thought that was yeah. kind of cool you know <laughs> because we've been seeing glenn getting busy with his you know with maggie and just all this kind of like you know sensitive glenn and father glenn and i'm gonna be a dad glenn and the husband glenn and i'm kind of like I really liked his uh, his ability in the in the you know when we first meet him, and I think he's kind of getting back into survival mode, which is cool. Um, I think that's the same thing that you've been seeing with Rick too, though. Like you know, I mean, even though Rick's a lot more banged up right now than Glenn, it's like both of them, you know, went into father or you know like domestic mode and tried to make a life out of it, and now they're both realizing that that's not going down, so it's time to get back to gangster Glenn. Right. Right, Gangster Glenn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I, I like Gangster Glenn. And now, cause it's funny, cause Tyrese was kind of like that, that kind of like wild, wild look in his eyes, killer, crazy eye killer Tyrese. And now he's like yep. protective Tyrese, or, or kind of sad Tyrese, cause you know I got split from. My yeah, he's and, unsure about Sasha's fate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but um, you know, oh, a good episode of Walking Dead. You know, I wasn't mad at it. You know, it's moving along. We'll see some more developments with whatever this terminus place is in the next episode, I'm sure. Uh, but as far as True Detective last night, woo, man! I, wow, wow! I mean, listen, combat. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was, it was. I don't know, man. It, it, that show just continues to amaze me every episode, man. They have not made a, a slip up to me. Every episode continues to, wow. to blow my head. But yeah, go ahead, man. You you go ahead. You start. I still. Uh, I no no. I'm, I'm gonna let you go on. The name of the episode is the Secret Fate of All Life, and I don't. I I still think that it's one of, if not you know, the best show on TV right now. But I'm still waiting for the ending. That's all I can say because I'm not as convinced as you are. You know, it's not quite as blown away so so I, this know, is an interesting say. thing i'm gonna put on my chico leo hat and this is a, the kind of episode we're halfway through the cycle so we're basically at episode five and what, what's going on now is like we've we've steadily been following these leads and so we think we we learned something you know in these previous episodes with regula doing all this stuff but this is the kind of episode where the entire thing that you've been following has to shift so everything that you know going yep. up to now has to completely shift. And I wanted to see how they were going to pull that off. And I'm actually really, you know, I'm not disappointed. I'm actually really happy how they do it. There's no turning back now. We're, we, we've found out more uh, information in this episode about 
who they are, who the two detectives are, what the case is about, you know, and how they missed the mark and all just so much has been compressed into this episode. And you kind of need that to spin it into a new direction. So I'm really excited to see where they go from here. Um, the episode was the ending was actually a really, you know, something really confusing, but I thought it was like, you know, open to interpretation. And of course, uh, Matthew McConaughey's monologues were just totally on point. And, uh, you know, he even trumped up the, the, the two detectives trying to uh, to, uh, you know, question him. Um, I could go on about this episode, Ben, but I, I'd like to hear what you what, what do you think? What do you think about it or what didn't you like about it? I, I thought it. No, it was, it's never anything that I don't like about the episodes. Like you said, there's a big change in this episode. One thing that I really liked was uh, the unexpected, you know, dispatchal. Dispatchal, I like that word. Dispatchal, uh, that's Herschel uh, and definitely Dispatch. Definitely a real word, fan bros. Yeah. <laughs> Dispatchal. <laughs> I like that. That's when, a good one. you send right, Herschel like out that. on a mission, it's called the Dispatchal. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he comes back with his head chopped exactly, off. Exactly. Yeah, right, yeah right. but um, I like the dispatchal of uh, Reggie Ledoux because I did not expect that. And I do have a quick question for you: Is Miles Reggie Ledoux is that the same dude? To the earlier in the episode, nah, man. Uh, Yo, the fat man tells Ginger, right? Yeah, like I'm gonna sick Miles on you, right? If you don't, um, right? No, my, you know, if you come around here, Miles is I think the other biker. The head of the biker gang. Oh, okay. Like Ginger's boss right, in the biker okay. gang. Because he only answers okay. to Miles to, to when he cooks. But bottom line, Ben, oh. I mean, the guys that they wasted, that's not Reggie Ledoux. That's not nah, Reggie Ledoux? because Reggie Ledoux has a spiral on his back. And that dude didn't have a spiral on his back. Ah. And so that's the other thing, man. You, you know, you got to pay attention to some of this stuff. What was so amazing about that is that here these guys are blatantly lying to their superiors about what no, both what happened and consistently lying both of them about that story. And I thought that was interesting because I definitely thought that there was some under undermining you know, efforts from Woody Harrelson's character to undermine his man. But they both told the exact same story. And I realized, oh, there's something else going on here. The guys that they got, you know, when he came out and just shot that dude in the head, man, they it turned out to be Ledoux for their case. But I don't think that's really Ledoux based on what that dude in the in the cell said, because he said he had a spiral on his back. And I didn't see a spiral on his back when they showed his tattoos. He definitely has several tattoos on his back, though. So I'm not sure if that's not Reggie Ledoux or not. All right. Well, that fan bros, let us to... know. I think uh, it's all good. But um, I'm I'm sticking to my guns. Maybe I I was uh, I had a little food coma while I was watching, but uh, I don't think that's. Legit. Yeah, I think you. I think you might have. I think you're a little confused by all the lying that's going on right now, and it starts you a little off right there. Oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but they're they're definitely both been proven to be you know habitual liars, as I said last episode. That's true. Cole. That's very true. Because they've been lying for 17 years now about this case, you know, and the detail, you know, as they say, the devil's in the details and they have the details down pat. So their lie is ridiculously tight. Um, after that, the case then shifts, you know, we see a little bit more the future of Marty and Cole and, you know, Cole trying to settle down, but that doesn't work out. Marty trying to settle down, but that obviously doesn't work out. His daughter wilding out. Marty also says that, you know, the good times lasted for a little bit, 
but it seems like he's not really interested in having the good times. Like, you know, Marty wants, like he said in the last episode, he always likes things a little wild. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. And for for those who are suspecting Cole to be the killer that they're really chasing after, I still don't think that's the case. And I, I'm not sure if it's Marty either, though. But I think there's something larger going on at play here. That's what I liked about the episode is that it set a table for a whole bunch of stuff. So maybe Ledoux is not such an important character after all and like it's a red herring that they've been chasing this phantom and and then when you actually see how much they're lying to their superiors you're trying to think well if they if they covered that thing up then they must be covering up something else um but yeah i i agree with you man i um you know it's it's it can go anywhere from this point i do have my theory you know every time i watch the show i think about scooby-doo you know when they reveal who's the killer is at the end and they always have yep. like you know the killer always turns out to be somebody that you see ve- at the very very beginning and so um mm-hmm. there's the brother of the governor the church the the preacher dude yep. and i oh i knew from jump i was like that's the killer that's the yellow king right there and so i'm putting my money down on him being the uh the killer uh that said you know anything can happen and uh who knows who really the yellow king is and who really did this stuff but uh yeah, and on that note, real quick, I wanted to make a point about the Yellow King. For those who are wondering about more about the Yellow King, there's a writer named Robert W. Chambers, and he wrote a collection of short stories about the Yellow King. And a collection of short stories, I've never read any of his work, for that matter. This is my first time hearing about him on this, is because of the show. But he's highly influential to... Uh, H.P. Lovecraft, who I've read a lot of his stuff, which is, you know, Cthulhu, for those who know out there, another horror, you know, story and anthology and basically horror universe. So I know about Cthulhu and so and the Yellow King and a lot of the things that they've said in this episode in particular were themes I've seen come up in uh, Stephen King's work, in particular in his Dark Tower series, like Company Men and things of that nature. So... It's, you know, you see a lot of these horror things being, like, just quietly introduced. You know, like, well, there's always been the horror from the very first episode. You know, it started off as more as this detective procedural show with twists, while now it's becoming this detective procedural show with a, you know, bit of a, like, horror, and not even the traditional horror that most people have seen. Like, Cthulhu isn't really has been, you know, adapted for screen that much and things of that nature, so his type of horror hasn't really been seen mainstream. So it's like a really subversive horror. Mm. So it's very interesting to see that. Yeah, I think the what I love about it is that how they introduce the horror, it, has, it takes on this very um, uh, folk, folky kind of thing, like American yeah, Gothic. Down South. Folky, yeah, witch, New Orleans. you know, Wiccan, or like, you know, very kind of of the earth and very old, old, old-timey religion kind of stuff. And I, I like that, that walking that fine line. And they do a really, really great job. I was, at the same time, they're really pushing, they're pushing this really, uh, this new, yeah. I don't know if it's new, but they're taking this stuff that's been around for a while and they're packaging it in a way that I really like. And, um, and uh, it's really smart TV. I just got to say, the way they structured the whole thing and everything is just really smart. So Definitely. They had a, uh, you know, couple last things before we wrap up they had another great shot uh last night was the pan up shot from the little girls playing in the yard it was kind of you know corny and conventional but then when they bring you know could they bring her back you know up to the their crown floating away you know their innocence floating away and then they come back down and they're you know the daughter's coming back in from a night out of debauchery you know all 
you know, golf out, you know, younger, you yeah. know, a little bit older girls. Yeah. So that was another great yeah. shot. You know, shout out to the cinematography as usual. Uh, once again, I wanted to shout out his name, but I don't think I have it on the tip of my tongue. Uh, the music is done by T-Bone Burnett, I want to say. Yeah, that's the opening music. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought it was music of the show. I, I wasn't sure if he was the musical director or not. We need to find that out and shout him out because there's a lot of great. Yeah, that music is ridiculous. Yeah, a lot man. of great music it choices, you know, throughout really the Really good music. Really, really good. Um, but yeah, let's wrap this up right now. This has been another right. special delivery by the Fan Bros. Uh, your boy DJ <laughs> Ben Amin, the Butcher of Names, alongside my partner, Kim Sonian. Yes, sir. The Space Strokes producer himself. Yes, sir. Uh, it's been fun, Ben. I mean, I like this stuff. I like it's a good gig to have. Uh, thank you, sir. You know, I always enjoy bringing it to the Fan Bros. For those who've missed us, we'll be back this week with our regular episodes. We got some real special surprises coming up this week, so tune in. Also, for our question of the week, I wanted to ask once again, uh, if you're a Walking Dead watcher, do you read the comic book or do you just watch the show or do you do both? Let us know in the comments. Hit us on Twitter at DJ Ben Amin, at Fanbros Show, at Kimsonian. Anything else, sir? I think that's it, man. We got a lot coming up. Uh, you know, Valentine's Day was last week, and uh, yep. just wanted to wish all the fan bros, you know, a belated Valentine's Day. Thanks for all the support. Um, we got a lot right coming up. up in this year, so uh, we, we look forward to, you know, sharing this great stuff with you guys. All right. Sounds good, and we'll talk to you very soon, and peace and love from the fan bros. Peace and love. <laughs>